0: I have such sights to show you. Don't come any closer. They're behind us.
1: I met this six-year-old child with blackest eyes. Welcome to Some Daylight Required, a father and daughter podcast dedicated to reviewing the classic and the not-so-classic horror movies, thrillers, or something just slightly spooky. And of course, each review comes with a healthy side of chit-chat. This week, we jump back into our time machines to a time where a mobile phone was a landline with a cord long enough to reach from the lounge room to the dining room. Join with us as we journey into the depths of darkness. So sit back, relax, As we discuss child's play. Hi, I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. I need (laughs) home. Hello, and welcome back to Some Daylight Required, the podcast clinically proven to keep comatose patients asleep. I am Ray the Munchman Williams, and today I'm joined by my co host, Her Majesty Queen Emily. How are you doing today, Emily?
0: Oh, I'm doing amazing today. Today's been great.
1: Excellent. Yes, we've had quite a busy day today, haven't we?
0: Yes, we have. We've
1: actually had quite a busy week, and we we finished off a couple of horror movies this weekend, didn't we?
0: Yes, we did. Managed to plow through a couple, and just already
1: did. And uh, actually, before we get started into our conversation, I just want to thank. All the listeners who have stuck with us so far for our first two episodes, hopefully you can notice that we've actually had a bit of a an upgrade to our audio, so it should be a, a little gentler on your ears, a little bit less echo, and a nicer sound all around. So thank you for sticking with us while we are learning this new audio technology. Yes. And also just to mention, we've gone ahead and got ourselves a email address. You can reach us at
0: somedayrequired
1: at outlook.com. That's right required at outlook.com. So if you've got any comments or suggestions just send us an email to somedayrequired at outlook.com. Also just drop in there if you are happy for us to actually mention your name on the show if, if you do so. Before we get started into this review, let's talk about what we've been up to for the past week. So, as we always like to do, we like to talk about what books or comics we've been reading recently. So, Emily, uh, I believe you've been reading something new this week.
0: Uh, Yes, actually, I have. I've been reading The Silver Eyes, part of a... Trilogy of Five Nights at Freddy's books,
1: and it's that's based on the computer game Five Nights at Freddy's. Is that correct?
0: Yes, it is. It's not based on it, but it's set in that same universe. Universe sort of. It was written by Scott Cawthon, who also designed and developed the games of Five Nights at Freddy's. And it was also written by Kira Breed-Rusley.
1: And what's the main storyline in that?
0: Well, the main storyline is, yeah, a group of late teens go on to, like, they'll come back together because it's been a while since they've, like, met up together. And they remember that there was this old Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria place. So they go there, but then, like, sort of strange things start happening. Like, they go in there and they just check it out a bit. You know, they, they don't feel like, they feel like something's off about it and then some one of their friends gets like kidnapped and taken in there and there's like this serial killer guy who's actually trying to kill them as well the animatronics in freddy fazbears are also alive and also trying to kill them
1: okay now is it are these in the animatronics in this are they alive as in they've had a malfunction or is there some other reason that they've come alive and trying to kill people
0: they're alive actually because there's souls of kids possessing them and the kids don't like adults because they were killed by somebody and they then went on to possess the animatronics, but it was because adults didn't help them. They're like, upset with them. And even though they're not actually adults, they're still angry at them because they're close enough to being adults that they'll attack.
1: Right, yeah. Now, to read this book, do you need to have played any of the Five Nights at Freddy games or do you think you could just read it standalone?
0: Um, you could probably just read it standalone, you might need to know a little bit about whole Five Nights at Freddy's stuff, just to understand it a little bit more when it talks about stuff. Mm. But other than that, you'll be good to read it.
1: And, and what do you reckon? You, so you're... 12 almost 13 do you think a younger person could read it or is it a bit scary a bit eerie and you'd recommend it for, probably for your age or?
0: I, I think someone my age should
1: probably read it all right excellent well well I myself have uh, gone back to an, a series that I had started I'm a big fan of Dean Koontz who likes to write a bit of sci-fi stuff and he always writes a bit of horror thriller stuff and the, the one that I'm reading at the moment is called The Whisper Room, which is a Jane Hawkes novel, which the storyline in this is actually her husband commits suicide. And it's interesting, I'm reading the second book in the series, but what's interesting about this is the first book sort of feels like you're coming into it halfway through, through the book because the husband's already died and she's out trying to discover why he committed suicide because he wasn't a person who would typically have committed suicide you know he was happy and everything else and then as she's investigating it she's finding a lot of these other people who had committed suicides and all their family and friends have said like it's not like them they just woke up one day left a cryptic note and then committed suicide so she is a ex-fbi agent and she's out trying to investigate this and as she does it she finds out there's some secret organization that is pulling the strings behind some sort of big conspiracy thing and and, and it's unraveling that's actually quite interesting so i finished the first book and i'm now onto the second book which is called the whisper room and it's been it's quite interesting the way it's unraveling at the moment
0: yeah it sounds very interesting
1: all right so let's jump straight into our discussion then So, as always with our shows, I'd just put like to put a disclaimer out there that there will probably be some uh, spoilers ahead as we talk about the show. It's a bit hard not to. So, if you haven't seen the movie, just be warned that there's going to be a few few spoilers and a few surprises might be revealed
0: yeah
1: all right so as mentioned we are talking about child's play the 1988 movie about a killer doll oh
0: this movie did not help with my fear of dolls at all just made it go even worse
1: it's great uh child's play was actually created by don mancini now the storyline of child's play is there is a serial killer and he is being chased by the cops to begin with he is shot a couple of times he's about to die and he does a voodoo ritual which then possesses one of these dolls um a good guy doll which is and he calls himself chuck and then he is bought by a mother and given to her son andy uh for his birthday and then you'll find out that the longer that Charles Chucky is inhabiting this doll the more human he will become in this doll so the only way to not basically be eternally stuck in this doll is by performing that ritual again and jumping his soul from this doll into another body of the first person that he told that he was actually alive which was Andy so that's basically the the plot of the movie. Actually, it's interesting. While looking up stuff on this movie, I found that a few things that the original plot that Don had developed, it was actually going to be a satire movie, which is like a comedy. And it was actually in 1988. Coach Patch dolls and these My Buddy dolls were quite popular and they'll be mass marketed to children everywhere and so he was going to make a bit of a dark comedy about like how this uh, mass marketing to children could affect them but slowly as it developed it became more and more of a horror movie and a, a psychological thriller sort of thing and that's where the, the idea developed and actually in this movie to begin with the way that charles lee ray moves from his own body into the doll is through a, a voodoo ritual but the original storyline that he he proposed was that the good guy doll was meant to have lifelike latex skin, and underneath it was going to be blood, and that. And so, if the good guy doll got a cut, you'd have to buy these good guy bandages and stuff. But Andy, who owned the doll, he was meant to prick his finger at the same time, and then the two bloods were to get mixed, and that was going to bring what brought Chucky to life. And then Chucky would go around and you know hurt or kill people, the ones that you know either scared or frightened or were mean to Andy, and. And he was only ever going to come alive at night while Andy was asleep. And it was going to be more suspense held out on whether or not it was actually Andy doing the killings or if it was Chucky to begin with. But somewhere along the line, the storyline changed and it became that it was going to be a serial killer inhabiting the body through a voodoo presence. So what do you think? Do you prefer the voodoo storyline or do you think the doll with the blood mixing with Andy was probably the better one?
0: I think I prefer the voodoo one because it makes a little bit more sense because you know like with the other one Andy mixing his blood with the good guy doll it doesn't really make sense like his blood mixes with it how does that sort of make him come alive mm. like it's just it doesn't sort of make enough sense sort of but with the voodoo one like you can see it working as well because it's like his soul's being his soul is being transferred into a good guy doll so that he can live on past death, basically.
1: Yep. Now, actually, before we go too much further, we should point out who these people are that played these characters. So Andy, the young boy who receives Chucky as a gift, he's played by Alex Vincent. His mother was played by Catherine Hicks. Now, Chucky was actually played by a couple of people. So... The human form of Chucky was played by Brad Dourif, and he also voices Chucky when Chucky's evil. But then they also had Edden Gross. He played the friendly Chucky, the Chucky voice. Now, and also, Charles Lee Ray is Chucky. And another fact that I found out was Charles Lee Ray is actually a combination of names of famous serial killers and that, which is Charles Manson, Lee Harvey Oswald, and James Earl Ray. So three pretty famous murderers... Throughout history, so that was pretty good. And now I believe you found out something interesting that another family member of one of the actors was also in this role for for a little bit.
0: Yes, I did. Alex's younger sister, she played Chucky in the final scene where Chucky was chasing Andy's mother. She was in that costume running along the hall chasing them because the actor they had for that costume, he looked too big. So it didn't, like, quite work.
1: Yeah, that's right. So that, they did have him for a couple of scenes, I believe, where what they had done was built a set that was 30% bigger. So that way when he was interacting with it, it looked average, like a normal size, like he was still small because he was a, he's a small actor. But, yeah, unfortunately when he was in the same scene as a normal-sized person, he was just too large. So that's when they got Alex's... Alex, the young boy playing Andy, they got his little sister in, dressed her up as Chucky and then sent her running down the hallway after the mother to make it look more like a, a doll-sized serial killer chasing after her. So that's, that's pretty interesting as well.
0: Yeah, it was.
1: Now, did you have a favourite character in this movie?
0: Uh, yes, my favourite character was uh, was Dr. Death, who was played by Ray Oliver. Um, he, was, he was my favourite because he was only in, the, in there for a little bit but in that little bit that he was there he was just like one of the best people out of all of them he was like that sort of weird voodoo guy that sort, that sort of makes little groups you know teaches them all the voodoo stuff he's a little bit crazy but the crazier they are the better
1: ah <laughs> uh, yes I I, I I liked Chucky I think in this movie I think his character was quite good because he even though it was a like an animatronic puppet you know, for most cases. The voice acting that Brad did was quite good. Like it really suited. it. it he could just turn on and you could believe that this serial killer psycho was trapped inside that doll's body. Like he, when he was just like, I'm Chucky. I'm your friend. Wanna play? Like it just, it wasn't a normal, you wanna play. Like it's not something that you'd, you'd say to your friends or you'd normally hear a little kid say. It's like you wanna play and you knew it was a threat.
0: Yeah. It was. It
1: just sounded that way. And, and speaking of that, actually, like, as we saw, um, while it was a puppet, it- it actually took 11 people controlling his hands and his facial features and and all the different things so he was a pretty intricate puppet like because again it's not a movie that's got cg in it it's all done by animatronics and and puppeteering so um try and imagine like 11 people grounded around with remote controls or little sticks trying to guide this puppet and to do things and there is like one of those scenes where he's uh, Chucky is breaking into the child's psych ward to get at Andy and you see him, he kills one of the doctors and all he has to do is press a button and apparently it took something like 45 takes just to get Chucky to hit the button right <laughs> to, to basically kill this doctor. So, I mean, a lot of effort went into to doing this film to try and make it look as lifelike as possible when he was meant to be lifelike and not yeah. just laying there as a as doll.
0: Yeah, so they just put as much effort as possible to make it look as realistic as possible.
1: Yeah, and you can see that, especially in uh, the face, they used a lot of animatronics, or or I'm not even sure how they did it with his face, but you can see when he gets angry, he is angry, like he's snarling and his face clenches up, and you can just feel the anger and see the anger in his face. Yeah,
0: you
1: can. And again, like normally with, with doing something like that, it might be hard for people to react to, but... I mean, if you're face-to-face with an angry little doll, you're going to get a little bit scared, aren't you?
0: Yeah, you are.
1: Okay, so did you have any favourite scenes?
0: Uh, Yes, I did, actually. Is that the end part? It's like when they were trying to kill Chucky, they throw him into a fireplace and they're going to set him on fire and Andy's mother was like holding Chucky in the fire little fire pit area and Andy ran over and was handing his mother a matchstick so she could light it and set Chucky on fire and Chucky said don't do this Andy or something like that and then he said we're friends till the end and then Andy said the greatest line I've ever heard, he said, This is the end, friend and <laughs> then gets set and then um Chucky gets set on fire and that's my favourite scene out of the whole movie.
1: Yeah, that was a pretty epic first one line, especially coming from a little kid like that. Yeah. I think it was delivered rather well and actually and in that scene where Chucky's in the fireplace, it wasn't a puppet, it was actually uh, a small actor called Ed Gale. Uh, he did a, a number of the scenes as, as you mentioned and in that scene they had to douse him in that special chemical which catches on fire but actually protects the actor for a short period of time and they had to do a number of takes where this poor guy was set on fire for like 45 second stints. I, I don't know how many times they did it but they'd like set him on fire, he'd run around for a bit on fire, they'd have to put him out, get the costume back on, new costume or whatever and then fuel him up again and then set him on fire and he run around again for another 45 minutes. So imagine that, like, spending, like, 10, 15 minutes constantly just getting set on fire every 45 seconds. And <laughs> I think it's The, the guy has to be pretty tough to be running around and just getting set on fire, like, constantly for that one shoot. Like, you'd want to hope you get it done all, like, pretty quickly in one go. Yeah. You wouldn't, wouldn't want to have to spend days doing that one shot over.
0: Yes, that would be so... I don't know if it would be painful, but it sounds difficult doing
1: it. Yeah, it does sound very difficult in, in having do that for me one of my favorite scenes was the voodoo scene when he's first going to possess chucky that the doll and um you know he's saying his little ritual over the doll and for the special effects of the time it was quite good they had like a big purpley storm and lightning going everywhere and then everything starts to blow up all in the store i thought that was pretty good for a scene well done for its time but i also really liked the scene where chucky first kills The babysitter. I thought that was quite a suspenseful scene, like because he is tormenting her a little bit because she sent andy and him to bed obviously she didn't realize chucky was alive at the time but she sent andy and him to bed and chucky wanted to stay up so he could watch the news and of course he is a serial killer and a bad guy and doesn't want to be told what to do so he then gets up and starts tormenting her and flicking the tv on and starts spooking her out until the point where he scares her that much that she then stumbles over some stuff and falls out the window and falls to her death i thought that was a really good scene which harks back to originally when they were like, I think the original cut of the movie was meant to be, it was like close to three hours long, two hours, 45, like it cut it down to an hour and a half. But when it was originally the first cut, it was quite a lot longer, and they actually toyed with that whole: is it Andy killing, or is it the doll killing to begin with? And and I I actually would have liked to seen that. Like if they'd if that they, I'd love it if they released a director's cut or something like that, where we could actually see the extra footage at the beginning to to make it more suspenseful. On is it just like is the boy decided that he's going to turn psycho and start killing people? Or is it really the doll? Because like, they do, they left a few bits like that in in it, like when the police come and they're investigating that and there are these shoe prints everywhere and they're the same shoe prints that Andy's wearing, but they're also the same shoe prints that uh, Chucky's wearing, but they're obviously a bit smaller than Andy's, but who's going to believe that it was a doll. So maybe Andy had put the doll on the kitchen table to scare the babysitter. And then he used that to then further go on and kill. And then, of course, later on, Andy's at another place where Chucky kills someone. And yes, that person was Chucky's partner in crime at one stage. But, again, who's going to believe that the doll told Andy to go there so the doll could kill someone, they find Andy there and all yep. sorts of things. So that would have been something I would have really liked to have seen. Left in the movie is the more suspense, like, psychological. Is this the doll killing people or is it Andy killing people? What are your thoughts? Is that something you would have enjoyed to see further in the movie more?
0: Um. Yeah, I think, like, having people questioning, is it the doll or is it Andy? Like, has Andy gotten this doll and turned to a psychopath and started killing people or is it actually the doll doing it is the doll actually alive and killing people i think that would be like really cool to have that in
1: and they've done they've done a few other doll movies now where they sort of do lean more to that like you're trying to work out is the doll possessed or is it a a murderer is the doll possessed or is it someone else and they're just using the doll but yeah, I, I think that's just a shame that they had to cut it out. But I think they obviously had time limits that they had to, to stick to.
0: Yeah. Um. So I want to talk a bit about Chucky's death scene as well. Yep. Like right at the end when he's being shot down the hallway yep. by the mother.
1: So this is after he's been set on fire. Yes,
0: after he's been set on fire and he's burnt to a crisp just at that scene when they're both running. What do you think about that scene?
1: Yeah, it was, it was interesting because he is just a complete melted doll. It was actually, um, again, quite good on the special effects there, the way like they had, because uh, I think they even had like pus or something running out or it was melted yeah. melted plastic running down. Yeah. And, and he still came charging after it and it showed that like even though he was becoming more and more human, that he was still like almost indestructible because he is a toy so he's not alive so he, they could shoot him or set him on fire and it was going to be hard to kill him.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Now, was there a particular thing about that? scene that you enjoyed or that Um, you found interesting
0: yes um I liked it how he even though he like he survived after death like the same that he did when he was alive he put his soul into the doll and he's alive but while doing a little bit of research I found out that that wasn't going to be the initial death scene like because in his death scene the mother was shooting the doll but actually they were going to have the police officer that was there with them come in with a bat and like hit Chucky and kill him instead of the wife um the mother doing it
1: uh yeah I think you mentioned to me before that if you actually get the movie and you slow it down and you pause it at the right time you can actually see a frame or two of the bat coming into shot but then it cuts they obviously didn't do the cut perfect enough but you see a tinch of the bat coming in and then but then she starts shooting him and and blows him to bits and pieces which then I think also links back to there's a part where another police officer comes in and starts asking the questions and he says that the police officer that's already on the floor says something about whatever blah 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 you know explained all the pieces that are blown everywhere on the hall but in the cut the way it's been cut That police officer hasn't actually left the bedroom, so there's no way that he should know that Chucky had been blown up into all these bits and pieces. So they probably needed to to cut that scene out, but it doesn't really matter. I mean, he could probably guess that Chucky had been blown up because he would have heard the gunshots. Yeah, I mean, Uh, it's a
0: gun. You don't hear it.
1: And then when that police officer is like, oh, don't go out there, don't touch, or if you go out there, don't touch anything, you know, obviously the voodoo magic's still ripe, and I'm assuming he's just expecting that if you touch it, something's going to happen, and yeah. of course the other cop doesn't believe, so what's he yeah. do? He goes and picks up the head and brings the head in and starts bouncing around and being a smarty, and then he puts it down and then, boom, all of a sudden out of an air vent comes half a, Ch- a Chucky doll trying to kill him.
0: That's um,
1: why you don't touch dead dolls. No, no. <laughs> Once they're burnt to a crisp, just let them go. So yeah, well, now that we're talking about him as a burnt crisp, special effects, we've already sort of touched on that. It took 11 people to man this doll mm-hmm. um, and they also had to have the small actor, Ed Gale. They also even got in Alex's little sister. What did you think? Like, Apart from Chucky and the little storm in the voodoo section, there was probably not really a lot of special effects. But the special effects that they did use how did you how do you think it went?
0: Um, I think they did pretty good with like I think they did pretty well with the special effects considering that like you know it might have been hard to not use too many special effects you want to make it look realistic and you want to make it look like it's actually happening like that's what happened I, I think they did really well with realistic especially with the facial expressions like that would have been hard to do without using special effects or anything like having people manually control the doll's face to make it look angry happy and you know the other emotions as well
1: yeah i'd I'd actually really like to maybe do some further research into that and sort of work out how they did his facial expressions because I know um, from our experience with watching Dark Crystal Ages of Resistance recently mm. so that you'd have the actual puppeteers but then you'd have another person off to the side who had a remote control which controlled blinking and maybe cheeks or tweaks of the nose or the ears of the mouth and that so it'd be very interesting if there's eight people there controlling it like how many of them were just dedicated to the, the facial expressions because you'd have some people controlling like the arms and legs and stuff but it'd be interesting just to know how many like if it was just one person or if there was like three or four people like one person dedicated to eyes mouth movements it seems very complicated to work it and I'd just like to know how many people they had working on on the face. And if it was... It, I'm assuming it would have to be uh, animatronics like with a remote control. Because there's no way you could fit 11 people all standing behind that doll and not have someone in shot. All right. So so we now that we've, we've pretty much covered most things. So it comes to our patent pending rating system on how scary a movie is this. So is it daylight? Meaning it's terrifying and... You need to watch this in full daylight. Is it Twilight, meaning it's moderately scary but not too bad? Or is it Midnight, where it's not that scary at all and you can just watch it in pitch blackness?
0: I think probably Midnight. Because, I mean, like, it's not really a horror movie. It's more of just suspenseful and more of a... Yeah, it's more of a slasher film. So it's not, like, a huge horror movie.
1: Yeah, I I agree. It's, It's not... Uh, I mean, if you are a young kid, no, definitely not watching it at midnight. I would not recommend letting your young child watch this even during the day, especially those who still sleep with all their dolls. But if you're about 13, you could watch this at nighttime without any scares. Yeah, it's it becomes more of a slasher flick. Throughout the series, this one isn't so much. I mean, I think in total there's six deaths, and two of them are, are Chucky. It's like Chucky in his human form, and then Chucky as a doll. It's part part of the six deaths in total. So um, yeah, it I would call it a slasher flick because he he is a serial killer sort of and a monster thing running around slasher, but it's not a scary one. Like it's a little bit of suspense, but even even in the deaths in this one they're not really that gory so a 13 year old or something i feel could quite easily watch this at the middle of the night and have no worries going to bed and trying to sleep yeah yeah all right did you have any final thoughts before we wrap this up
0: not really i just i just wanted to say again that the puppeteering and the controlling of chucky in this were amazing and it was really incredible how they made the doll to move and go everywhere
1: Yep, and uh, would you recommend it to other people your age?
0: Yes, I think, yeah, I think it's a pretty good movie, and I think anybody my age and older, like you said, will probably be find it a little bit, a little bit interesting, or just like to watch if you can't really find anything else to watch.
1: Yeah, and, and as I said, uh, with the, as the series goes on, they become more homodies, horror comedies, and then again uh, because there's like seven of them and then a remake and they do the last two sort of go back to the 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 first two or three sort of stay pretty darkish like suspenseful and then they become very comedy like um but then they sort of go back to a more suspenseful thing and i I think i prefer prefer the suspensey ones i do enjoy a good comedy horror where it's basically all you're doing is watching trying to watch and wait for the most exciting and funny ways that The killer kills people, so you can have a good giggle at it. But also, I enjoy being the person being scared at the same time. So, if you are definitely wanting to have a little bit of suspense, but not too scared, I think this is a great movie to watch.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: Alright, thank you once again for joining us. Don't forget, we have a new email address, so if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions please send them to somedaylightrequired at outlook.com and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a positive review. But most of all, please tell a friend. If you have any questions, comments or review suggestions, please email us at required at outlook.com. And always remember be good,
0: be kind, and and always rewind. rewind. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over.